0: Exodus today, but as, as usual, I'm going to start over in Isaiah, just real quick. Um, Isaiah 11, we're going, to, we're going to move on to the, the spirit of the fear of the Lord this morning. Um, you know, in uh, Isaiah 2, it says, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, spirit of wisdom and understanding, spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, which you talked about last week, and the fear of the Lord the fear of the Lord. Uh, Knowledge and the fear of the Lord go uh, hand in hand. And I'm going to show that just a little bit before we get into our passage in Exodus. But um, we talked about the the spirit of knowledge. And really what that is, I, I believe, is the Holy Spirit letting us have more knowledge of who the Lord is. He draws us closer so that it's not just a knowledge of what to do, although I believe the Lord will show us that also, or knowledge of his commandments, which are, are good, but it's a knowledge of who he is. So what the Holy Spirit is doing is is drawing us into that relation a deeper relationship with God the Father and with the Lord Jesus so that as you know who He is on a more personal basis. And by the way, thank you for those I've, i heard it from more than one said, hey, this is um, oh, that's what I was going to do. This, these are some ways that the Lord is um, you know, I, I, my prayer life has increased. Uh, Penny had a great, if you weren't there on, on the prayer meeting, she had a little great thing that the Lord showed her um, you know, this last week. But as you get closer and closer to knowing who the Lord is and that relationship then there's an opportunity for the fear of the Lord to be more present, okay? So as you see the Lord more, the more that you get a sense of the fear of the Lord. Now, let me let me say, um, I'm going to try to explain the fear of the Lord a little bit because this is something we don't, this is the way, a way that we use the word fear, that we don't, it's kind of, Taken out of our English, um, how we use fear today—it's more of an antiquated way we use fear. You know, it's—it's kind of like um, if you say Michael Jordan on on the basketball court was uh, was to be feared. You know, wasn't that um, if if you were on the other um, on the other side, you know, if you were if they're playing the Chicago Bulls, you all of a sudden. You don't want to go out on the basketball court because you're afraid that Michael Jordan's going to pull out a knife, right? No, he is so good that you know he can score on you at any minute, right? It, it's that it's respect, but at the same time, I think it goes further than what than what just re- the word respect has. Okay, so it is a it is a fear, knowing that um, there is an awesome. Awesome and incredible God that is is so large and so huge that you cannot compare yourself in any way to Him, and it it is a respect like none other. It kinda, it's kind of it's kind of like it's kind of like this. Um, uh, you, there, there there are there are fears that are unhealthy fears right and there are fears that are more healthy fears okay um, you i i would say that i would not want to walk out in the middle of 95 or 395 in the middle of rush hour and sit on the dotted white lines right i would be afraid i would be smushed like an ant or like if you if you remember the, uh, remember the movie squash just like grape right that's the, i that's a healthy fear don't walk out into the middle of the street during rush hour, okay? I don't care who you are. You, tr- you tell that to your little kids. Don't you go out in the street. You look both ways first, right? right? That's a healthy fear it's a respect. Don't put your hand on top of the stove when it's hot. Why? It will burn you. That's a healthy fear. I don't wanna be burned. I'm not gonna put my hand on the, on the hot burner. It's a, it's a healthy fear. There are unhealthy fears. Right there, there, are, there are fears of. We'll talk about more some about that when we get into the message more, but there are unhealthy fears. Pe- people have a, a fear of going out into uh, into public. You know, public. Um, you know, agoraphobia. Going out into the uh, the marketplace. They have fear of people. That people have fear of public speaking. Anybody want to? Anybody have public speaking fears? Because if you raise your hand, you can preach next Sunday. Like no, no. <laughs> That's one of the, the big fears is, is is getting up and speaking in public, right? Um, there there are fears, other fears of, of sickness, fears of disease, fears of of um, you know getting old, fears of what am I going to, what happens to me when I, there, there are all these different fears that will, will really bind us up that are unhealthy fears, and we're not talking about so much unhealthy fears when you talk about the fear of the Lord as a healthy fear. Let me give you a, a passage um, in Isaiah, um, Isaiah 6, Just if, you, if you're in Isaiah 11, or if you want to just hang out um, this is this is, so Isaiah if you remember uh, we're just going to be here for a brief moment uh, Isaiah is is one of the greatest prophets of the entire scripture you know he if you look at the the book of Isaiah it is it's huge it's very it's some of its history some of it's very prophetic he's got some of the the most dramatic and, and accurate I say accurate it's it's a detailed um, Prophecies about Jesus in all of Scripture. So this is a man of God, okay? We're not talking about just the -the run-of-the-mill, somebody grabbed uh, someone off of the street and put him in front of, of God type person. This is a man of God, somebody that God trusts. Now Isaiah says this, In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, with two he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I'm ruined, because I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So he sees, like I said, one of the, the greatest prophets of the entire Old Testament period. He sees the Lord and the fear of the Lord comes upon him. I've seen the Lord and I am ruined. I'm going to die because I've seen the holiness and the greatness of the glory of God. Okay? That is the fear of the Lord. You you notice all throughout the Old Testament, an angel will show up. Like, we've seen God and we're going to die. And you're going, why do you? It's because all of a sudden you are confronted with the greatness and the glory and the majesty of the king. And you realize in yourself how how insufficient you are. You're in you're insufficient in your goodness, you're insufficient in your power and your strength and your might. You're insufficient in your holiness. Right? You're totally insufficient compared to the glory and the majesty of God. And you look upon his greatness and his might and his glory and his holiness, and you all of a sudden it's like it's like you look at yourself and you say, there there's nothing to compare and the fear of the Lord comes upon you a holy fear okay not a not an evil fear but a holy fear where you, where you suddenly look at yourself and you confront it and you compare yourself to the majesty of God himself and you realize there is a God and So the fear of the Lord, and it's something that I don't think we get too much, and I wish we had more of it, very honestly. The, the, I think the closest that I have come um, a lot in, in my life to really being confronted with, with the, the fear of the Lord is, um, I, I think I've talked about this before, but uh, the Lord came to me in a dream probably um, uh, maybe 17, 18 years ago now. Um, a, you know, I, uh, I was asleep and very, very real. I, I heard um, one of the, the girls stirring across the house, so I got up out of the bed and I, I raced across the house to, to go check on on the girls. And um, all of a sudden, uh, the Lord was standing right inside of our, the front door of our house. It's like he grabbed me in a tractor beam and pulled me up and plopped me down right at his feet, and I, I found myself right there at, at, at his feet, kneeling before him. And I, all I could do was grasp his feet. He, his feet. He didn't have any. They're were, they were bare feet. No, no, no sandals. No I just grasped his feet. And said, oh, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. And all of a sudden, I, I woke up and I'm grasping at the blankets in the bed. Yeah, but that. That. that all I could do was was kneel at his feet, and and and. Say, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. This the fear of the Lord when you 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 know, you're confronted. I, I was I was racing across the house, but he grabbed hold of me and brought me up through the air in you know, in the room. Okay. There is no control there. All of a sudden you're confronted with the glory of God and you realize that you are very, very insignificant and he is very Hear the Lord. Let's, um, if you will, flip over to Exodus, Exodus 14. I I took a class on Exodus, and um, there's so much of, Exodus really defines a whole lot in Scripture. Exodus 14. Give you a little bit of background. Most of you know the, the story. If you, if you remember, the the people of Israel had gone into Egypt. It, Joseph was there. There was a famine in the land. Jacob and uh, the seventy uh, of his of uh, his family went into. To Egypt to be saved from the famine, and Joseph was providing for them. And it had been about four hundred and thirty years since Israel went into Egypt, and there came a time where it says that there was a a, a a Pharaoh that came that did not know Joseph, and they went from being a a prosperous people, right? They it says that they um, they grew in numbers so so much that. The, the king was afraid of them. Well, if, if they ever uh, side with our adversaries, we're in big trouble. So what they did is they made they went from being a people who was favored and prosperous in Egypt to a people who were had become slaves. They enslaved Israel. All the people. So it's a slave nation within the nation of Egypt. And then it says in the in the start of Exodus, it says God remembered. He remembered his covenant with um, Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob, and he is, came to their rescue. And how he came to their rescue is he, he raised up a man, Moses. Moses, I mean, draw, drawn from the water, right? So they, Moses was, was um, born in um, as a as a Jew a, a Jewish boy you know an Israelite in Egypt but at this time Pharaoh had told all of the um, all the Jews if you have a if you have a baby boy you got to get rid of him so you're going to put him in the water right? put him in the Nile so Moses' mom took him and put him in a little uh, what is actually called an ark a little basket instead, and said and float him in there and, and Pharaoh's daughter grabbed him said well I'll raise him. Whole other story, but he had had actually had his Moses' mom be his uh, nurse, and uh, and raised him up, and so he he grew up in Pharaoh's court until Moses realized that he was not really Egyptian. We don't unfortunately we don't have all of the story there, but he, he realized that God wanted to deliver His people through Moses. Moses ends up killing an Egyptian guard going and living 40 years in the wilderness. We talked about the wilderness. Moses had his own wilderness experience, didn't he? Until God comes to Moses and says, okay, now is the time and I'm going to send you back, you and your brother Aaron, and you're going to go and you're going to be my voice to Pharaoh and to, to let my people go. More than likely, we don't really know this, but more than likely the Pharaoh that was on the throne, Moses probably grew up with as, uh, you know, a, a somewhat as a brother or, I mean, he, that's probably how he was able to get into have access to um, Pharaoh as much as he did is because he knew everybody in the court. Like So this is reading into the story a little bit. It's not out, it's not lined out there. But more than likely, this is how Moses was able to just walk in and say, hey, God said, let my people go And Pharaoh said sure why not you all are a uh, you all are supposed to be someplace else anyway go ahead my buildings and building all of my cities all, all I'll have to do is give them like some food and water and stuff and make sure they're covered I why am I going to let this this slave nation leave? I said, no, I'm not going to let your people go. So God, come, God through a process of, of plagues, ends up coming to the very final plague of killing the firstborn son in Egypt, firstborn child. We killed that from from Pharaoh down to the. Lowest slave, the firstborn is going to die. Right, they went through the plagues of frogs and the plagues of flies and the darkness and the and the um, the plagues on the animals and the and you know, the the hail and the you know, all these different. Th- the last one, they get down to the child. And we know this. This is really we're going to talk about this coming up to Easter, right? That. This foreshadows Jesus, the firstborn. And they they end up, you know, God institutes the Passover. They put the blood on the doorpost, so the destroying angel will pass over the people of Israel. And the entire group is actually, basically, kicked out by Egypt. Okay, God says, I'm going to send you out. They they went. They didn't fire a shot. They didn't raise one uh, you know sword God delivered them and they went out uh, and they they plundered Egypt and they they went out right but then what what you what, that's all preliminary to right here at this story what happens is they all leave and Pharaoh goes glad to be rid of them now he said Wait, what did I just do I just let all, I just let all my workers go and I don't have a up land. And I got this pyramid over here that isn't quite done yet. Right? So Pharaoh sends his army out. Um, Look at verse uh, Let's start in verse 5. So Exodus 14, verse 5. When the king of Egypt was told the people had fled, Pharaoh and his servants had a change of heart toward the people. And they said, what is this we've done that we've let Israel go from serving us? So he made his chariot ready, <clears throat> took his people with him. And he, took <clears throat> he took 600 select. Oh Somebody read this for me. <laughs> um, Know, the the people, <clears throat> the people. Remember, God had just sent all these enormous plagues. I'm sorry, I've got a mint. that has been trying to help me to speak here. God has sent all these plagues, including darkening the uh, this, the sun. You know, sent hailstones and all these different things. The people go out, and um, they're by the sea. And Pharaoh's armies are coming. And what do they do? <clears throat> they throw up their hands and say, what did you do, Moses? Why did you bring us out here? What What were they doing? They were fearing, right? They're fearing Egypt. I want you to get this, okay? God brought them out. There's no way that any anything, I mean, it was... Only a mighty and huge God that could have brought them out the way he did out of, out of um, Egypt. And all of a sudden, they're faced with this army coming. And they're, they're, remember, they've got the, uh, the, the angel with them. They've got the fire, the pillar of fire there with them. And all, what do they do? They cry out, why did you bring this out? It would have been better if we had been serving Pharaoh. Just let us go back. Did you bring us out here to kill us out here? It might be much better if we had our our way back. We'll just just, just be slaves. We'll be slaves forever. They feared. I see. What you fear, you end up serving. It becomes. What you fear, you end up serving, and that becomes your God. Let me, let me say that one more time, because I, I want you to get this. Whatever you're fearing, and this is what happened with 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 Israel. They feared Egypt, right? They just wanted to go ahead and serve them so that out of fear, let us just serve them. What you fear, you serve. And that becomes an idol in your life. So, how do we break out of that? Because what God wants to do is, He wants to. Um, what, what ends up happening, we'll see it here in just a moment, is. Um, when they get to... In fact, let me go ahead and read that. The sea is divided. Um, the sea is, Verse 30. The sea is divided. They go out. Uh, they, they cross the sea, right? They get to the other side. God pours the water back in. Um, all the Egyptians end up on the shore. Verse 30 says... the. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. When Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. See that. So what God wants to do is take uh, the, the fear, that the, it, it's, a, it's a switching of places. Oftentimes we, we fear things that we should not be afraid of, and God wants us to instead fear him and serve him. We don't, he doesn't want us to be, to be afraid and into, to have a, a master, that, an idol that, that we make out of the fear and serve an idol. God wants us to fear him and serve him only. Right? What you fear, you serve what you serve becomes an idol. What God wants us to do is to fear him alone. So how do we, how do we break out of that? Um, the, first, the first thing is we need to uh, watch what we say. Watch what we say. Let me, let me show you this. Let's look at verse 13. But Moses said to the people, do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Now, I've, I I used to always read this as kind of like you know when um when they the children marched around of, of Israel marched around Jericho. You know, God said, "No, I want you to be quiet until I tell you to shout." I don't really think this is uh, what was was going on here as much. And I actually found a commentary that said exactly this. I was like, "Yes, I'm right." Um, I think what what they're doing is God is saying, "Quit complaining." What happens if you remember what what happens with Israel? Okay, from the time that they. Um, leave Egypt really from the time they're in Egypt and Moses is trying to uh, set them free they complain why have you put this burden on us right? and I'm not saying that they don't do other things but every time in the wilderness what do they do they, 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 they get to the sea why did you bring us out here did you bring us out here just just to kill us then, then they go across the the, ocean, the water right and they get up. we don't have anything to drink. Did you bring us out here to kill us? Here's some water. We don't have anything to eat. Did you bring us out here to kill us? Here's some manna. Why do you want, why do why you just give us this terrible, awful manna? Did you bring us out here just to kill us? Here's some quail. Why do we have to face these people? Did you bring us out here just to kill us? And eventually God says, yes, you're going to die. He will give you what you say. He did it with Israel. They kept saying, did you bring us out here just to kill us in the wilderness? And eventually God says, okay. That was not my plan, but okay. What was it? They kept complaining. They kept using their words. I think that's what, it, it it was a thing that I believe God was telling them from the very beginning. Just shut your trap. Stop with the, the negative talking and see my power. What happens with us? Let's not just blame it all on Israel. It's easy for us to do is look back and go, why would they complain? Why would they, why would they say these different, right? What do we do? Listen, if you, if you, if you listen to what comes out of your mouth, a lot of times you will see what's going on inside. How how many times do you? Let's just not make this about individually. How many how many times do you you hear somebody else say? Okay, you can apply it to yourself later. How many times do you hear somebody else say? Oh, I'm afraid of this happening. I'm afraid I won't have enough money much, enough money to cover this this month. I'm I'm afraid that if I um, if I go to the hospital, I'll get sick. I'm afraid if I go see this person, then um, it's not going to go very well. I'm afraid if I, if I um, get this job, it's not going to work out. I'm afraid if I don't get this job, things are not going to go well. I'm afraid of – how many times do you hear people say, I'm afraid? I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of. Not having enough money. I'm afraid of. Of not being well. I'm afraid of not things not working out. I'm afraid of of my my job. I'm afraid of people. I'm afraid of fill in the blank. What you fear. Is what you serve. God wants to take. That and replace it with only the fear of God. Not fear of man, not fear of circumstances, not fear of failure, not fear of fill in the blank. Only the fear of the Lord. In fact, if, if you only fear the Lord... first thing is you got to watch watch your tongue because eventually if you keep on saying i'm afraid of this i'm afraid of that i'm afraid that this won't happen i'm afraid that if 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 some something happens to so and so i'm just not going to make it i'm afraid i'm a, right watch your mouth because eventually what you say is going to come about People say, well, I'm just sick and tired. Well, why do you want to be sick and tired? I'm, I'm full of life and energy. Why, why, why say I'm sick and tired of this? I'm full of life and energy. <laughs> right? Let's start speaking good and positive and healthy and holy things over you. I don't, I don't want to be sick and tired. Anybody else? Come on. What you fear is what you serve ends up becoming an idol. So, secondly, secondly, you have to. It's, it's it's first you watch what you say, right? And by the way, oftentimes you can you can tell a lot of what's going on in the supernatural by what comes out of this trap right here. Okay. It, it, the the devil is really predictable he really is so watch what you say next you have to obey you have to obey look at the look at verse 16 Actually, I'm going to start with 15 so, the Lord said to Moses why are you crying out to me tell the sons of Israel to go forward They're up against the water. Tell them to go forward. Okay. As for you, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. The sons of Israel should go through the midst of the sea on dry land. As for me, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so they will go in after them, and I will be honored through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord the Lord. When I, when I am honored through Pharaoh, through his chariots and his horsemen. You know, this was, this was um, if, if you look at uh, uh, Tony Robbins' action plans for life, you know, this is part of it. When you get to the water, just keep on going straight. Hold out your, hold out your walking stick and just keep walking, right? This had never been done before. As far as I know, it's never been done since. Right? You have to listen for the Lord, and you have to obey. And you obey no matter how it looks. It may be something that you say, I don't know that this is, I'm not talking about something that could be wrong. I'm, you say, I'm not sure that this is something that is, is doable. All right, go forward. But nobody's ever done it this way. Go forward. Obey the Lord. You, you can keep keep your you can keep your um, your finger there. Um, I'm just going to flip over here real quick. Um, Deuteronomy six. Um, Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God had commanded me to teach you, that you might do them do them, in a land where you are going over to possess it, so that you and your sons and your grandson might fear the Lord your God to keep his statute and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life. Right? So what, what brings the fear of the Lord? You've got to do what God says. That means obeying despite the cost. Sometimes that means the, despite how ridiculous it might look. It might look ridiculous to say, the guy might say, look, I want you to go to your coworker and tell him this. <laughs> you want me to tell them this, what? Yeah, go tell him this. I, I loved, um, you know, if you were on the prayer call on, on, on Wednesday, Penny, uh, this is this is this is great how how God cares about us and cares about the little things in life. They were, Penny was looking for a knife, right? And God said, look in this look in the little the little bin where you where you put, put all your your utensils, right? Said, it's never in there. Okay, oh look. See God is not in there. He said, check again. Okay. How did it get there? Down it's stuck in the bottom where I couldn't see it. I had to actually, you know, get wait, right? It may look kind of ridiculous, but you got to obey because God cares about you. Right? And, and it, this is going, going back to the knowledge of God leading to the fear of the Lord. Did anybody in here read Good Morning, Holy Spirit? Years ago, Benny Hinn uh, wrote. I, I remember I read it. I don't know, it Was late high school, early college. He talked about just having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Said so the Holy Spirit is sent as another comforter, one like Christ. How would you walk with Jesus in a relationship? Do that with the Holy Spirit. And so says, "Okay, I can do that." And I remember I was working at a. Um, I was working at a golf course, uh, in a in a bag room. What, what it was, so all the, the members, uh, they, they kept their golf bags in, in a bag room. They all had numbers on them, right? And so they, um, and I remember one day, um, every once in a while, these bags were not put in the right place. And when you have a couple, 300 bags in a room, golf bags, you know, golf clubs, and, and all of a sudden one is not in the right place and the member is saying, where's my bag? I, I want to go play. i a I got a tea time. And they're going. So I'm, I'm, I'm wandering around the bag. I said, okay, Holy Spirit, you know where this golf bag is. Would you just show me? And I, I remember, I'm, I'm just talking to him. Like, okay, would, would you show me? And I sit, sit there for a second. I looked up. And, ah, yep, there it is right there. And we went right over to it. Right? Why? Why? Just like, Lord, the Lord will show you but what it, it takes is it, it takes the time getting to know the Lord. It takes understanding you know, and getting that, that deep relationship so that you can hear Him. And then it takes obeying, uh, being able to look, you know, where He tells you to look, do what He tells you to do, follow His commands, Be, you know, do, do what He is saying to do, what, what, whether that is, hey, do this for me, go and do this or maybe it's just to be more holy and righteous follow his commands that leads to the fear of the Lord I, I heard a story um, a number of years ago uh, did not know this lady well but, but knew her um, and the Lord had her one day in, in her car started taking her on a drive turn right here turn left okay go right here Right, pull into that driveway. Oh right. Get out of the car, go talk to the person in the in the house. Oh, okay. Went up, talked to him, ministered to him. It was exactly what needed to happen. Um, Corey Tidboom. It's happened with her. Somebody come up, give her tickets, you know, train tickets, plane tickets. Here, go here. Okay, I'll go for it. It gets there. Somebody else I I'm, I'm, she'll, she would meet somebody at the airport. Um, she didn't tell anybody she was going. She just got there, and somebody came. I, you know what? I was just, uh, I just felt like I was supposed to be here today. I'm, I'm glad I met. I'm glad I saw you here. Let's go. We're, we're, I think we're supposed to go here. Are you to that point of being able to listen to the Lord? You say "Look, I'm going I'll get on a plane. Nobody else knows where I'm going." I'm just going to trust that that, that God's got somebody at the other end to pick me up. That's the fear of the Lord. Knowing that you can hear and obey and that God's got you covered. It starts with the small things. Lord, where's my knowledge? day, this is a number of years ago, I, I, I lost my hat. My, my hat. You know my hat. My favorite hat. And I couldn't find it anywhere. I was upset. And so I, I, same, same thing happened. I'm, I'm, I'm in my closet. I'm going, okay, Lord, where's my hat? Would you show me where my hat is? And I'm looking around, and all of a sudden, I think there was like a sleeping bag on our top shelf. And the thing falls and hits me dead in the head. And instead of going, I said, Thank you, Lord. I don't know why, but He's supposed to give you thanks and all thanks. Thank you, Lord, that this sleeping bag fell and hit me in the head. And I looked up, and you know what was up there? My hat. Thank you, Lord. Thing is, you know, the, the fear of the Lord will cause us to worship the Lord. When um, what happens when they when they when they finally get through the ocean, or through the sea, they get to the other side, they fear the Lord, and you look at the next chapter. What do they do? They throw a big party. They throw a big party in God's honor. Okay, you praise and you worship, you give Him the honor and the glory praise and that's going to even increase that that fear of the Lord that healthy fear because the, the quickest way let me tell you something the quickest way to stop the movement of the Lord I want you I want you to hear this get this the quickest way to shut down what God is doing if God's doing a lot of great things in your life well, if you the quickest way to stop it is this. If God's doing a lot of great things in a church, the quickest way to stop it is this. (coughs) Take the credit. Take the credit for yourself. remember taking a mission trip to Puerto Rico. And uh, our contact in, in Puerto Rico is like, God just loved this guy. Um, we, we got there, and uh, he, he had just been given some some bicycles, and then somebody just showed up. He worked on bikes. He's like, "Hey, I'm just give him these bicycles. Could you like you know get these things uh, in working order?" Yep, yeah, sure. And he just had stuff like this happen all the time. But you know what he did? It, all the time, it was, "Thank you, Lord. I re- I recognize that's from you. Thank you, Lord. You did this for me. Thank you, Lord. You did." It was always, it wasn't, you know, I just, I, I just know the coolest people. No, it was, Lord, you did this. Lord, you did this. Look, the more you give God glory and the more you give him credit for what he does, the more he's going to do. If you take the glory and you take the credit, he'll say, I'll, I'll let you see what you can do by yourself. The quickest way to stop his move is to take the glory and the credit yourself instead of to give him glory and him credit for whatever he does. So when, when God sees you through, when he does, and start with the small. Right? The sleeping bag falls on your head and you say, <coughs> no, you say, Lord, I'm going to give you glory in all things and thank you Lord. I don't know why the sleeping bag hit me on the head, but you know what? Thank you Jesus. Oh, look, look what you just did. I was just asking you where that was and what'd you do? You let me find it. It would have stayed up there behind that sleeping bag for who knows how long until we moved. Right? But no. He opened the door for me to see it. And what'd you do? He gave him glory. Give gave him glory. And that leads to even more of the fear of the Lord. See, the, what you fear... Is what you serve. What you fear is what you serve. That becomes an idol. Right. So what God wants to do is to remove the idols. Whatever you're fearing, in the place to fear only in God. The only thing you should fear is the Lord. That's it. That's it. The only thing you should fear is the Lord. And when you fear the Lord, you have nothing. Care of the rest. I'm gonna pray here in just a second. Okay, but what I, what I want to do is I'm gonna I want to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to everyone here if they have fears that are not of the Lord. Okay, and then I'm gonna just I'm just gonna pray for you and ask the Lord that He will begin to deliver you out of. So if 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 if, if, I, if this is something that start touching your heart, I want you to just, you know, show the Lord in some way, whether you raise your hand or, or something, okay, this is this is you know, pray for me. Lord, I thank you for these wonderful dear people. Lord, I thank you for uh, their hearts for you. Lord, I thank you that they love you and they just Lord, they they want to serve you and they are Lord, and I love them. Lord, I, I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, would you just move upon each, each heart here and show each person if they have unfounded fears, if they have things that they are fearing that is not of the Lord, things that they are fearing that is not you, show them what those things might be. Fear of losing control, fear of failure, fear of of whatever it might be, Lord. I pray that you'll show each person that they have a fear they are serving in any way, no matter how small or how big. The Holy Spirit, I ask that you would now begin to deliver them from those fears. I know sometimes it's immediate, sometimes it's a process, and we learn through both. So Lord, whether it is immediate, and I pray that it is, that's that's fun to see. Lord, whether it's immediate or a process, I pray that you'll deliver each person in here from the fears that they are currently under. Deliver them totally, completely, So that they are only fearing you and have nothing else to fear. Lord, I bless them in the name of the Lord. I speak your blessings, your life. I speak the peace of the Lord Jesus over them. Lord, I ask that you would um, grant them your grace. Mercy and your peace this morning. As they go out, Lord, I pray that they will go out today in the power of the Holy Spirit, full of your knowledge, full of your word, full of your life and your strength. And Lord, I pray that it will um, make an impact on our community this week. At least one person, Lord, let it have an impact.